Cleveland.com. So they join us in an hour. We'll uh, we'll talk to Chris Manning, Locked on Cavs, after the game concludes later tonight. Appreciate you guys stopping on by. 216-474-0092. We got to talk about this clip going around for PFF. I think it's Steve Palazzolo who, who made the comment. I'm going to play the audio here in a second, but essentially here's what I'll say about this before we play the audio. So I love working in a local market sometimes. Not that I don't, I, 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 I love being here in Cleveland. I love working with on, at this station and I love being able to talk to you guys. I love all those things. But one of the perks of being in a local market is maybe the way I should put it is that especially at this time of year, when these national pundits think that they have everything, like all the knowledge possible about every single team. Like this is where that you, you start to see some of the cracks in the national narratives about individual market teams. Because you start you slowly start to realize that uh they don't they don't have time to consume everything. Because when you hear comments like we're about to play you, it makes it pretty obvious that some people don't know the full picture of like a guy's contract or a guy's situation and why it just doesn't make sense for a team. And they're just talking out their ass to talk out their ass because we need things to talk about in football uh, at this time of year. This is maybe one of the slowest weeks of the year of, uh, in, in football. Th- between this and middle of July, in between like veteran mini camps wrapping up, and uh, the the start of training camp, like these are the two quietest times of the year. The two weeks after the Super Bowl, two weeks after the Super Bowl, and then that time of year in July, two quietest times of the year for football. So I get it. We're all looking for things to talk about. We're all looking for talking points. We're all looking for headlines. But this is just flat out stupid. This was from a. Uh, Podcast for PFF that I believe is hosted by Steve Palazzolo and um, why am I drawing a blank on? Oh, Sam Monson. We're both big PFF, top guys of PFF. Let's hear what they had to say. Offensively, assuming they they maneuver the cap stuff, David Njoku's another guy that's a potential cut candidate. But man, did he start to figure it out last year? Man, yeah, coming off a really a, good year as a playmaker, like a legit playmaker. Because I'm going to come back to if if the Browns are going to get Deshaun Watson back to 2020, right? This is a while ago now. 2020 standards or 2019 standards. I think they got to do it with better pass catchers. It can't just be Amari Cooper and David Njoku. It's got to continue. It's got to get even better. And how are the Browns going to be able to do that this year? I mean, that was just idiotic. <laughs> I mean, what, what are we doing here? And this is why, like I said, I love the idea of working in a local market, especially this time of year, because it gives me a chance to humble, if you will, some of these big wigs who work in the national media and set the record straight on certain players. If, if the, if, the Browns were to release David Njoku. It would literally, if they did it now, before he has what is a an, an option bonus that takes effect, eleven million dollars on the nineteenth of um, of March. If they release him now, they have no cap savings this year. 
They And they eat $19 million immediately. If they do it post-June 1st, they would save $2 million this year, but they'd still pay $7 million this year and then another $11 million next year. Trading him does you no good either because you're still paying $16 million this year or it goes up to $27 million after that bonus takes effect. Or if you trade him post-June 1st, it's 16 this year and then 11 next year. Like, in no way, shape, or form is this contract even... Like, there's no out with the David Njoku contract right now. And if you looked it up, you would know that pretty simply without just saying things to say things. But that's... Like, the, the contract's also beside the point because David Njoku had... The best year of his career. And we can argue about why that was, whether it was the impact of of Joe Flacco showing up and that sort of just play action, drop back and pass offense that he was in, whatever the reason might be. This was by far the best year of David Njoku's career. He had the most yards of his career. He had the most receptions of his career. He had the most touchdowns of his career. And... Now, all of a sudden, like the topic of whether or not David Njoku would be a a cap casualty, if you will, or some sort of cost-saving measure for the team, it, it, it's it's asinine. I don't even know where that take is, is birthed from. And that's what's funny about this. Because we in Cleveland get to almost expose the national talking heads when it comes to these types of things. And and listen, I don't begrudge them for not knowing every little detail. I think that's hard as hell to do. It's part of the reason why I've said, like, man, I, I, I respect so many people in our national media landscapes on the, uh, in terms of sports media because they truly have to have their hands in so many buckets at a time to talk about things. Like, one week you're talking about the, like, the, the 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 Cowboys signing some big free agent and what it means for their team. And then the next week you're talking about how a a player on XYZ team, uh, the, the Panthers, like how Bryce Young is going to be able to bounce back in year two. And like you got to you go around the horn with all these different sports and all these different teams. And you got to at least have some knowledge of what those teams are doing to be able to talk about it and, and make sense. So I I do respect the fact that Steve Palzolo is trying to have that conversation, but you got to keep it more generic than this. And that's the biggest problem. Like, you can't get so specific where you back yourself in a corner. Because I saw him trying to defend himself. People were like, why would you ever have this take? And he was like, what was the take? I was just saying he had a really good year. And it was like, no, let's not ignore. Let's not ignore the fact that you said that he could be a cap casualty for the Browns this year, which makes no sense because they don't save any money. They don't save any real money on on moving on from David Njoku right now. It doesn't make any damn sense. But beyond that, like, why would they move on from one of their best players in the offense who just burst on the scene this year and proved that them paying him a couple years ago, the contract that they gave him, was very much worth it. I love the idea of the national media sort of being the executive branch where they get to, they're the public face of it all. Like Just like how the president 
of the United States is the outward facing person for what the the regime or what a part what, what whichever party has control of the government like what they want to do with the with 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 the with the four years that they have with the president in office right so you trot that guy out there or 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 woman man or woman and they sort of speak for the the direction that the the the, the regime is going right now right that is the national media you get your Stephen A. Smiths and, and your big wigs and all your highly touted, highly paid guys that we know and love. You get those people out here speaking on topics more generically at a national level. But then the local media, all of us here in Cleveland at 92 to the fan, we get to be the judiciary branch. So we are the checks and balances to those executive branch members. And when they say something stupid or when they say something that makes no sense about our team or a player on our team and whether or not it's something that they should do in the offseason, we get to swoop in and call them out on their, their, their BS and say, you don't know what the hell you're talking about here. X, you know, Here's all the reasons why. That's what I'm doing tonight. But I love the idea that the national, like th- this is almost our time to shine at this station other media members who cover this team for a living, we get a chance to step in and tell a a fellow media brethren why they're wrong about their assessment of David Njoku, and we don't have to feel bad about it because it was a completely ridiculous take. It made absolutely no sense, and it's just not something that even benefits the Browns in any way, shape, or form right now, whether it be financially, like he was implying, or from an on-the-field standpoint, because he's one of the best players on the field each and every single week. It makes no damn sense. So here I am doing my duty to the the greater Cleveland community and sports fans everywhere by fact-checking and correcting Steve Palzolo and PFF on their commentary on David Njoku. Which, by the way, here's here's the other thing. PFF gets ripped and ridiculed by everybody in the... Not, I shouldn't say everybody. But about half the people treat it as gospel and half the people treat it as complete garbage. I tend to be... Well, as a user government analogy that, we can, that we're gonna, just going to keep rolling with here, I tend to be a moderate when it comes to PFF. I am... I, I think some of the stuff that they do and some of the work that they do... To, like, to go in and watch that tape so de- uh, detailed that you go player by player and grade them and break them down, that takes a lot of time and patience, and I respect the hell out of the people who do it. So I'm not begrudging those who do, and I think there's some valuable work and, and information of what they put out there. I also think, though, that you got to take some of it with a grain of salt. I think when you got players like J.J. Watt saying how they're grading me, and how a, a coach sits down with me in a, in, a, in a room each and every single week and is grading me are two completely different things. And, yeah, you probably should put more stock in the coach because that's the guy getting paid to make you successful, and that's the guy who does that for a living. So, yeah, I, I, I can wrap my head around that and believe that wholeheartedly, okay? I see it both ways. I cite PFF sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, eh, I don't know if I believe that or if I if I fully want to buy into what PFF is saying about XYZ player. So I'm a moderate about it. But for a for a, a website 
in a media outlet that is constantly getting dragged a lot of the times by the players, you would think that they would want to make sure if they were doing a podcast or anything, like I kind of feel like the, the, the players on the Browns, they expect people like me, some hot air, loud talking uh, personality to come on the air and just like give my best takes about the team and why I think they're they're going to be garbage next year. I don't actually think they're going to be garbage next year, but I think they just kind of expect like yeah, that's just part of the 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 the, the talk the the sports talk landscape. And they might push back and, and joke with me or whatever. But when you're a, when you're an outlet like PFF that is still trying to sort of earn the respect of literally the the bodies and the people and the living breathing beings that you are covering and talking about and grading on a year on a on a on a, a week to week basis the fact that you're trying to still earn respect with them you would think that you'd want to have as all as much information right as possible if you were going to put something out on the air like that because that David Njoku being a a cost saving measure for the Browns thing is one of the worst takes I've heard to this point, and we're just getting started. Silly season is just beginning this uh, NFL offseason. But, man, like, I just would have thought you would have fact-checked that a little bit better when you're trying to still figure out what the footing is for PFF. And maybe they don't care. They've carved out a nice role for themselves. They're making money out of it, and, and they're a source that's trusted by a lot of media people who talk about grading players and figuring out who's good and who's bad. So maybe they don't care, but for the for, to try to gain that last bit of respect from that from the the people you're covering and grading on a weekly basis, you'd think you want to have your information right more often than not. This was a silly take by Steve Palzolo. When we get back, though, I will talk about this a little bit more in terms of the national media jumping on board with some things and conversations related to Browns players. Because where have y'all been? We'll do that next. We'll play extend franchise or cut at 840. A lot of good stuff still to come. Hayden Grove at 9. It's Spencer German with you here on 92 to the fan. James looks like he's DJing in the, uh, the the producer booth right now. He's got the headphone. The only thing you need to do is like, have one headphone on, have your ear, have your ear down on it. <laughs> you don't even know, man. I'm a real DJ. For real, for real. Do you DJ? Yes. So I'm a I, uh, mix, dude. Dude, if I ever need a DJ in advance, I'm going to hire you. Please do. I'll take them checks. You need that money so that you can afford for a plumber to come fix your shower one day. Nah, man. I so know. you're not broke like I can, me. I can do all that myself, but I'm pretty handy, my friend. You're handy, too? So you can be my DJ for my, my family events and my plumber. Look, man. If you need some pipe, pipe soldered, I got you. Soldered? I can solder pipes, yes. Mm. I like the sound of this. I'm uh, make, turning this into a whole thing. <laughs> James Bridge is my go-to guy for everything. Still waiting on you to send me my, my stuff so I can put together I know. that. Yeah, I'm the, I've been yeah, the worst. Yeah. Man. I know. I'm sorry. I I always think, my, I'm always like, that's like, so you know how it goes as a parent. Like, you make like a priority list of like, all right, what are my top priority things? And you're like, I got to get through these things. And every day, that's like on there, but it's one of those things that's near the, because it's not like pressing. It's not that I don't want to send it to you, but it's not one of those things that's like, this is like life or death, got to get this done. Like my shower, like if, if I don't get that fixed, my wife might murder me. So I got, I have to take care of that. Um, we need a place to clean ourselves. So, um, so yeah, like it's, it's on there. It's like it has a permanent spot on the list. 
I just need to find the time to actually find the like cut out the hot takes and, and send them to you. Which, by the way, hot take Friday tomorrow night. You're not here, right, James? Uh, I am not. I'll be I'm gonna have before guy, you leave but... tonight. I'm gonna have to get one out of you before you leave. Well, you know, I, I mean, my phone works, and that's I, true. And, and luckily, you do like to call. And luckily for you, I won't be at work tomorrow during Hot Day Friday. <laughs> so you know, we'll see what you hit me with that's gonna make me sit on hold and willing to debate. <laughs> oh man! Speaking of uh, debates, we have one to settle here in the studio. Popeyes is better than Chick Fil A, correct? Absolutely. Who disagrees? I think Jax. Who? Yeah, uh, Popeye's chicken sandwich is better than Chick-fil-A's chicken sandwich, but nuggets give me Chick-fil-A. Mm. Tenders give me Chick-fil-A. I only, I only brought this up because I saw... Sauce. Yeah, I mean, their chicken sandwich is fire. That, I think sauce is no overrated. Sauce is a, uh, a cover-up. To uh, give you leeway if you overcook your food or if you don't season it properly. Well, sauce tastes, is a that's cop a good out. point because that yeah, I will say that that Popeye's chicken doesn't need sauce. It's it juicy. Good. It's perfect. It really is perfect. We don't want to give it any more free, free publicity here. So if you if you want to chime in on the debate, Popeyes or Chick Fil A, just tweet it at me at Spencito underscore. We don't need people calling in long winded talking about Chick Fil A versus Popeyes, but. Uh, yeah, that, that came up in studio, and I I felt like we needed to settle it, so it's out there. But you know what? Better yet, during the break, I will put a poll up, and we'll see what the results are by the end of the show. And I'll, I'll even have it go twenty four hours, so we we can give some fair leeway to have a true answer by the end of the by the end of the tomorrow's show. So there we go. We'll do that during the break. Coming up next, we'll do uh, extend franchise or cut. If you haven't heard me do this uh, segment before, it's basically like. Marry, bleep, or kill. Only with NFL players. And it, and by the way, I want to make it clear, too. This doesn't mean, like, it has to be current free agents. I like to play it this time of year because there are some options you can put out there of, like, guys who are going to be free agents and who you would extend franchise or cut. But it doesn't have to be that. So, like, James could give me T.O., Randy Moss and Jerry Rice. And I'd have to figure out of those three. I also, I've done one in the past before where it's like Browns bust quarterbacks. And you can do, like, you can recycle that one so many times because there's so many of them. And you can have like Johnny Manziel, Brandon Weeden. Like, you pick your, 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 the bust quarterbacks the Browns have had and which one you'd extend, franchise tag or cut. So I'll play that coming up at 840. Before we get there, though, stick it with the Browns conversation because. As crazy as the David Njoku comments were from that PFF podcast, I want to know where all these people have been that are starting to drop the Nick Chubb as a cap casualty uh, comments, whether it's in articles or audio platforms or whatever. Because, guys, we've been having this conversation for over a year here in Cleveland. Like, I want to get shout-out to Anthony Alford. I think he was the first person to really bring it to the air but I think we all kind of had it in the back of our minds, and then he said it first, and then it turned into a subject during the offseason, and we all talked about it, we all debated it, and then it quieted down because the season was coming, and then Nick Chubb gets hurt, and we all kind of had to... We, I, I at least brought it back to the attention of like, man, that would really suck. That's the last time we see Nick Chubb in a Browns uniform. Is He's getting carted out the field with a knee injury. But... 
I had hope that I, would, I, I assumed he'd be back this year. And then it went away again because they were playing the season. And it was a good year and they were winning and we didn't really have to think about it. But in the back of our minds, we knew that this was going to come back at some point. But even still, like even locally here, like I wrote an article where I mentioned that it could be a possibility. And then Andrew Barry came out and said, yeah, you know, nobody. I think the exact comment was nobody wants Nick Chubb's last play in a Browns uniform to be him getting hurt in Pittsburgh and getting Carter off the field. Something along those lines. And that, and listen, there's times, I tell you guys all the time, and I warn you guys all the time, to take what these GMs and coaches and whoever's speaking at press conferences, take it all with a grain of salt. Because they lie straight to your face, I would say, 83% of the time. Seems like a pretty fair number. Most of the time, they're lying straight to your face. But there's that little bit of, of, of gray area, 17% of gray area, where they tell the truth. And in, in that moment, Andrew Barry, I felt, truly was telling the truth. I don't think he wants the organization for that to be the last time the organization sees Nick Chubb in a Browns uniform. I think he understands the fan base doesn't want that to be the last time they see Nick Chubb in a Browns uniform. Everybody consensusly agrees they want this guy back in some way, shape, or form. I also think, too, like, it doesn't do the organization any good. And I've, I've talked about this a little bit before. But the Deshaun Watson thing, we know how divisive his that trade was to this franchise in, in terms of the fan base. There's people still divided on it. There's people who don't want to root for him. There's people who are rooting for him because it's a business decision and it's their team, and they don't want to look and, and they don't want to give up on their team be, for for trying to go get a franchise quarterback finally, and maybe just picking the most controversial one at, at the time. Um, I also think. It, well, and I know there, there's also Browns fans who shun the team until Deshaun Watson is no longer here, and that's their that's their prerogative to do that. So I'm not going to blame them. That's that's what they want to do. That's what they want to do. But players like Nick Chubb, heck, Joe Flacco, made this team super easy for people to root for because it was like this feel good story where Deshaun Watson was kind of behind the scenes. Now you didn't have to see him every single time you you watch this team play, and so that felt nicer for people. It was an easier thing to swallow when it's Joe Flacco leading the offense instead of um, of Deshaun Watson and all the controversy he brings. But Nick Chubb is, the, is in the same sort of bucket here. Nick Chubb makes this team extremely easy to root for. If you're somebody who's torn on the idea of well, I don't really like everything that Deshaun Watson was accused of. And I don't know that I want to root for him because that makes me feel gross. I think that people gravitate towards players like Nick Chubb and Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward. And they say, well, I do like those guys. They seem to be pretty good people and stand-up guys in the community and on this team. So I, I ride with them because th- this is all part of my team. And I can still cheer for them because they have they have guys like that on the roster. I think this is happening in real time. And so on a, a, on a deeper level for the front office, moving on from Nick Chubb would almost be like stabbing the fan base in the back. It would be a death knell to a lot of people who found the good to root for in this team. And I, I think that that matters as well. So I, I don't I don't think in any way, shape, or form Nick Chubb's not going to be here next year. I think that means on, in some way his deal gets renegotiated. 
I don't think they're going to let him play for $15 million like his contract currently is, especially when $11 million of that isn't even fully guaranteed. What that looks like will be determined in the next couple weeks. But we, I, I think it's time to move past another mistake the national media is making, the idea that he's going to become a kind of casualty. And even if he is, you're late to the game because we've been talking about this for over a year. 216-474-0192. Is Nick Chubb... For, are you of the belief that Nick Chubb is fully back, is, is for sure back next year? Because I think he is. 100% I think he is. He should be. You you don't want to lead. I think that just gives off the b- b- wrong impression if you let go of a good locker room guy like that, especially if you're going to let go of some of these coaches that seem to have a good pulse on the locker room. Yeah. You don't want to then get rid of a player who seems to be at least the um, good barometer for who you can yeah. trust. Yeah. I, and and I, I, that's not even the right question to ask. I'm sorry. I was kind of brainstorming it like on the fly here. Cause I, I, it, it's, it's maybe more so like, are you past thinking that Nick Chubb's not going to be back next year? Like, are you trusting the organization at their word when they say they don't want that to be the last time Nick Chubb suits up for the Browns? Cause I, cause I do, I, I, I admit fully, like I, I tend to be sort of skeptical of things that GM say in press conferences. They told us straight up a couple years ago, they still believed in Baker Mayfield. And then that was the off season. They traded for Deshaun Watson. So no, I don't regularly trust them, but this is an instance where it's, it's different. It's different this time around. And I also think too, Nick Chubb is a different beast. You guys remember a, uh, Adrian Peterson where he got hurt, had the ACL injury. I think it was an ACL injury comes back. And he nearly set the rushing record for a season that following year. I think Nick Chubb is in that same category. Like, I think he's just a freak of nature, not going to let anything hold him down. He's probably, all we've heard is that he's been rehabbing and ahead of schedule. And he's like working his ass off to try to get back on the field. So I'm not going to sit here and assume that he can't still be an effective player. Like, I, I'm, I, if, if you're telling me that Vegas has a bet. Nick Chubb returns to form and puts up like 1,300 yards next year or whatever. And a bunch of touchdowns. Like if, or even if it was just as simple as Nick Chubb returns to the running back he used to be. I would probably put more money on that happens than it doesn't because it's Nick Chubb. The guy's just a freak of nature. So I don't want to bet against him. Um, and I think that's part of it too. Like if it was any other running back, if it was Kareem Hunt, um, a couple of years ago when we still thought he had this this energy about him and this ability to be a leading rusher in the NFL. Or if it was, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like random running backs in, 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 in the NFL right now that we would sort of target as like, oh, that guy, you can take him or leave him. Um, if it was Najee Harris of the Pittsburgh Steelers, okay, you might be ready to move on from that guy. I think... The jury's kind of been out on him anyway, and Jalen Warren was was putting up bigger numbers for them. So, yeah, like there's certain guys that you wouldn't do that for, but for Nick Chubb, I think it's worth it. Ultimately, I think this deal gets reworked. I don't know if it's an incentive lace deal. I know Mary Kay Cabot was in, in, in a piece this week, or I think it was today, mentioned that it could even be in the form of an extension. That seems a little less unlikely to me just because I don't know that you can realistically extend a guy Without seeing him play first, even though I think he will come back, that would just be unwise in the business of football stance of things. But in some capacity, Nick Chubb's going to be back here next year, guys. 
And I think it's funny that the national media is getting the David Njoku conversation wrong, apparently. And they're just now having the, the Nick Chuck. This, you know what it feels like? It feels like, I don't know how many people can really even relate to this, but I grew up uh, when I was younger in like the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania for several years. And then I moved to Rochester, New York. And I always felt like when I went back to visit those those, those towns, they were always like a couple months behind on like what the popular music was or like what the popular songs were. Whether it was hip hop, whether it was whatever, it was like they were playing songs that had been popular months before where I lived and they hadn't heard this like new song that I was playing for them. And it was always kind of weird that they were behind. But that's what it's kind of like. The national media is behind in talking about Nick Chubb potentially being a cat casualty. And I think they're also wrong about that because I don't think it's going to happen anymore. I might have a year ago. I don't think so now. 216-474-0192. Let's take a break. When we get back, if you, if you give us a call, we'll get to you uh, on Twitter at Spencito underscore. I'll, I'll read some tweets and, and, and whatnot as well. But James Bridges, he's going to do a segment with us. Extend, franchise, or cut? I got a tease. Would it be a bigger travesty if the Browns cut Nick Chubb compared to when they cut Bernie Kosar back in the day? Mm, that's a good question, honestly. And I wasn't alive to or I wasn't around to see that happen. I was. So James Ooh, has some context for it. I like that a lot, actually. I like that a lot. We'll talk about that as well. Keep it locked. That's Spencer German with you here on The Fan. Daryl Ryder and Andy Baskin discuss the latest news surrounding the Cleveland Brown Stadium and try to answer the question, is there a dome in the future for Northeast Ohio during the new episode of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland? Subscribe now at 92tothefan.com or the Odyssey app. So, James, what was the outrage like when the Browns moved on from uh, Bernie Cozy? Oh, man, people were depressed. People were so mad. That was part of the reason why Bill Belichick lost was the that, fan base. Was that the first time that you got uh, – Was that the first time that people started doing like the "I'm out on this team," I'm, "I'm I'm never cheering for them again"? No, 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 no. People rarely ever said that, but they were definitely out on Bill Belichick. They they just lost faith in him, and then to bring in Vinny Testaverde, it wasn't as if he was a scrub, but his stint in Tampa Bay and what he had shown up until that point, there was no reason to believe he was going to turn the corner unless you were just a Vinny Testaverde fan from Miami, and that was just something that. He he instantly lost credibility with the fans for that move. That had he even just but kept yeah, but, him on the okay, roster. But then two years later, in '94, they went 11 and five. Did that do anything to help win people back at all? By that time, I mean I was four years old, so I wouldn't. I, so I, I would say by that time, the issue with the stadium and the Gateway Project rumors and stuff had come about. So I would say nah, because. You, it didn't matter. You let go of the, the hometown kid, the hometown favorite, and the team may not stay. I, I don't they, have so no— they lo- they lo- Because they lost the division around that year, and the 95 was the year where they were off to a 3-1 and one start, and then the news came out they were getting moved, and they just, like, plummeted. I, I do know that sort of story. Also, in the offseason, they traded Eric Metcalf to the Falcons. Yeah. So, I mean, you had, you were just getting hey, rid of players who, hey, were way of the highway. That was a mistake to get rid of Eric Metcalf, one of your better players. Even though our defense was very solid and you had a decent, a nice running back core, but you had an issue with fumbling with Larry, Leroy Horde, who just – and he could always get you three. If you needed four, he'd get you three. See, I I just think 
again, and this is not having any recollection of that time because I was young and you're I also from, didn't live in Cleveland at yeah, the time. Yeah, you were from Boston. The mean I streets of no, Boston. I wasn't from Boston. I'm not from Boston. You're a Boston fan. I'm a Boston Red Sox fan specifically, but I didn't grow up in Boston. I'm going to just put it out there, Boston. Boston? Yeah, my Boston Going accent is terrible. Gonna park the Go car. to the park. Park, park the, the car. car. Um, no, I I think Bill Belichick just gets like lumped in with all that that hate from that time frame no. because the team got moved. It, it was it, it he was like gonna, I think if if he had had a chance to see it through, people would feel have felt differently about him in this because we would have. And I don't know why he like everyone always says he has like this vendetta against Cleveland. Why does he have a vendetta against Cleveland? Like it's not Cleveland's fault he got he got fired. No, it's it's not so much. Or it's because they hated him beforehand. That's why. I think when they say Cleveland, they more so mean the issues with ownership and the fact that yeah. since Modell was so cash wrapped, he wasn't really able to invest in stuff like the locker rooms. The locker rooms were ancient at that old stadium, and there were just certain things that you know probably coming from the yeah. New York Giants franchise, and then you come here to work for Art Modell, it's just probably night and day as yeah. far as how the mayors were But is investing. it just him holding a grudge against Cleveland because of how the team was treated and Absolutely. all that when Modell was here? Yeah. That's fair then. But had he not got rid curious. of Kozar, if he does everything the same and he keeps Kozar, his Q rating with the fans never drops. Even if there's a problem and they're rooting for the backup quarterback – but so Bernie was the Nick Chubb at the time. Oh, yeah. Do you think people would react worse now then? What do you think? I think there would I only be... can go off of so many different things. Like, I, obviously, I've seen, like, the worst per- – LeBron leaving was, like, the worst thing in Cleveland sports history until he came back again and won a championship, right? That was, like, the most devastating day in Cleveland ever. Yeah, that but, was bad. But, like, I don't think Nick Chubb getting cut would be that. But no, this, but I this think – this be worse than Kozar? I think it might be just because – It'll be equal to it, I think, because of the disposability of running backs. Fans may have a little more understanding. And I then also the his thing. injury it's, history. Yeah. It's um, not the quarterback. That's the biggest thing. That too. But also, he is a connection to like that bridge of he's the guy who, who kind of gave you some faith through yeah. that uh, winless season and the Hugh Jackson era and before and, uh, coming off, off of Johnny Manziel and Tyrod Taylor. If you let him go, you do kind of cut a bridge between when you were really, really terrible to when you finally was able to put it together. That should be a guy who you retire his jersey, you put his name in your ring of honor, no matter how the rest of his career turns out, just because he was willing to be here, not that yeah, he had a yeah. big of a, much of a choice, but you don't let a guy like that go. I appreciate the context for uh, four-year-old me that would have never understood. <laughs> uh, all right. We have a few minutes left in this segment. I want James to head head uh, head up a segment that we like to call "Extend Franchise or Cut." Let's get into it. Uh, I love how you spell these names on here, but I'm not going to put you out there on, on like that. Uh, let's go first up here. You got Dewan Jones, Jack Conklin, or Jed Wills. So I said that you don't have to you don't have to do ones that are just about players currently on the team or anything like that. This is when I actually I, I sent this to James kind of as an example one, but it's actually a good one because this is the conversation about these these three tackles. And right one of now. them is going to have to go. Yeah, and one of them might actually have to go this year. Yeah, you're right about that. So it can be that, but it doesn't have to. So I'm excited to see what James has down the list here. But Dwan Jones, Jack Conklin, Jet Wills. I am. Hmm. 
I am extending Dewan Jones. He's young, budding. I like what I saw. I am franchise tagging Jack Conklin. See what he's got. One more year. Ooh. And I think I'm cutting Jed Wills. That would be an expensive price to pay for Jack Conklin, especially coming off of injury. I know Jed Wills has been a little okay, up and down. Okay, but the semantics are what you. matters. It's just about deciding what you would do with these guys. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Since we were uh, just talking about the hometown guy, I'm going to put him in this trio. Bernie Kozar, Nick Chubb, or Joe Thomas? Oof. Oh, my God. Uh, I would probably extend... You just told me that they were ready to burn down the city when they got rid of Bernie. <laughs> so I guess I, gotta, I guess I got to extend Bernie and franchise Joe Thomas. Who do you think is more recognizable in Brown's history? Joe Thomas or Bernie Kozar? Bernie Kozar. Okay. I think the love- I think I got that right then. So I'd have to cut Nick Chubb. And I, it just comes down to the running back thing. It just comes down to the fact that I can find another running back somewhere else. There's nothing against Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's my favorite player in the Browns right now. Yeah. You really have but Between a- those three? It, it's tough. It's tough. You don't want to be like Belichick and cut those arms. Also, you put Chubb in a like. I'm not saying Chubb's in a Browns legend, but you put him in a class with the other two like biggest Browns legends ever. Like those two, other than Jim Brown, obviously. I mean, those I two might be it. It's like Jim Brown, Bernie Kosar, and Joe Thomas. That's I don't it. sit in this seat for make to make it easy on you, buddy. <laughs> uh, let's get him a little more current. We'll stay Browns here. Nick Chubb, David and Joku, and Miles Garrett. That's right. Put the pressure on him. Uh, I'm extending Miles Garrett. That one's easy. Okay. Franchising. I think I'm franchising David and Joe. You're going to do it again. You're going to do it again. I'm sorry, Nick Chubb. I love you, man. You're my no, favorite you player on the Browns. But... No, you don't. Wear your Nick Chubb jersey. You ain't got it on today. You'll love me well, like that. Well, he's younger than me. You should know my rules by now. Anyway, <laughs> continue. Um, I think this is an interesting one. We're going to go back in the day to the NBA I was just talking. The NBA. Yeah, yeah. I just we're crossing over. Yeah, yeah. Because I I, I thought this was a good one. (laughs) All right. Kevin Garnett, Dirk Nowitzki, or Paul Gasol. Oh, that's easy. Uh, Easy. Wait, I am. I am extending Dirk, franchising um, Garnett, and I'm cutting Powell. All right. A little more current. Jason Powell Tatum. Kind of, Powell was kind of soft. Let's be honest. Okay, Jason Tatum, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and Anthony Edwards. I love that you brought the NBA into this. Uh, Jason Tatum, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Who was the last one? Anthony Edwards. Hmm. I'm probably, I'm probably extending Shea. I like Shea a lot. Okay, he's young. I'm interested to see who you're gonna choose. I who gets I'm the gonna, cut? I think I'm gonna franchise Anthony Edwards. Honestly, you're gonna cut Jason Tatum. Tatum's good, but what? He has to. Okay, Tatum has to prove it to me in the playoffs. Spencer nailed he's, it. He nailed it. Thank you. He's made it to nailed an, it. Wait, wait. He's made it to an NBA Finals, countless Eastern Conference Finals with he, a loaded yeah, roster. Yeah, but he wilts in the. He's he, been like he he's, wilts in crunch time. And I know he, he had, had to lo- face LeBron. I'm taking the upside of the two younger guys. All right, roster well, every year go ahead. Too. What you got? All right. Uh, we're going to go back to football here. I'm going to put a remix on the one you, at, you, you had on here. Joe Flacco. Okay. Baker Mayfield. Oh, God. Deshaun Watson. <laughs> uh, I am probably – I'm not – I mean, I can't extend Joe Flacco. He's too old. Can't give that you man can do extension. whatever you want, brother. He might retire in like a year. So <laughs> uh, I can't extend him, but I'll franchise Joe Flacco. 
I will. Oh, man. How do I extend Deshaun Watson? He hasn't earned an extension. What you mean? Did you see them six games last season? Did you see it? Go ahead, man. You think he's earned an extension? If I'm thinking between (laughs) those three, I'm I'm extending Watson, franchising Mayfield, and Joe Flacco. Ah! Here. Of course, you're getting rid of Joe Flacco. The legend. Of course, you're getting rid of the Joe legend. Flacco. All right, I'm a. Fl- Did you answer? Uh, I guess I'm extending Baker because I can't. I can't extend Deshaun right now. You can I do can't what do you can do what you want. Based man. on what I say, I want to extend Deshaun, but I have to then say do it. You're looking a little feathery over there. Where they at? I, oh, I made. Oh. I made a decision. I made a decision. All right, uh, I'm gonna give you a baseball one here since we got spring training and the Guardians playing on Saturday. Jose Ramirez, Emmanuel Classe. Josh Naylor. Uh, Ramirez, extend. Franchise. Now think about Naylor in his injury history. Yeah, that's true. I would franchise Naylor and I would I would cut Klaus. You're going to cut him? What a bad season? They're about to trade him this offseason anyway. Your name ain't Chris Antonetti. <laughs> Closers, man, every year they can be different. What? I, the, what? Oh, I, dude, it's true. Man, no, they can't. Closers no, you, are so bipolar. You need, you need no, back end. You they're need so the, bipolar. The back end of your year bullpen to year needs to be, be solidified. So different. All right. What else you got? Give me, let's I start got, squeezing got, two more here before the 55. Two more? All right. Uh, Mike Vick, Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton. Oh, I love this one. The mobile quarterbacks. Uh, You're going to make me mad. Man, Vick was something, wasn't he? Yes, he was. <laughs> Let's see what your answer is. Damn. Oh, man. I would, I'm, we're not going to have time for another one because I'm going to make this one go too long. I would extend. I would extend Cam Newton. You're going to make me mad. Franchise Mike Vick. Okay. Cut Lamar Jackson. Okay. I'll let you live. I'll let you live. What, were you, what would you have done? I'm extending Vick. I'm franchising Lamar. And unfortunately, I'm gonna have to cut Cam. And I like. I mean, Cam. I'm taking. I'm t- obviously, it's these guys in their prime, but, but yeah. Mike Vick was insane. Yeah, Cam was something though too. He Mike was. Mike Vick was insane, but he I, didn't have an arm you know like what? Mike Mike. Yeah, that's true. I actually, I think I'd flip that. I think I'd go Vick, uh, extend Cam franchise. You, you know what? I may I may come back around this jack so you can get your your funky off and OFB off it. the beat I love path. this game, by the way, and I love it with James the most. James does James like really adds some some uh, twists and turns to it. I like it. If we have time, we may throw a few more of these in at the end of the show. We'll see if we got time for it. But let's take a break. When we get back, Hayden Grove, Cleveland.com joins us. Keep it locked. It's Spencer German with you on ninety two through the fan.